Good morning. This morning we have the privilege of having Cindy Fane with us to share with us. This is a time in the life of America where are many questions, political questions, questions about the future, questions about uh, uh, how to proceed and what's going to happen uh, with all of us in the coming, coming years. And, uh, and so there is unrest and, and uh, you're going to hear a word that will comfort you will strengthen you, and will cause you to be, to be at peace with the Lord uh, inside of you. Cindy Fain is a Bible teacher for many, many years. She's married to John. They live in Marietta, Georgia, with, uh, and have grandchildren everywhere. And so we're so blessed to have her with us this morning. Uh, today is the 6th of November, 2020. And I'll give you Cindy Fain. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, all the staff at Rick Bonfam Ministries, and it's a pleasure to be with all of you this morning. And here in Atlanta, we're enjoying beautiful weather. My favorite time of the year, actually, when things turn such glorious colors, and it is a feast for the eyes. So I greet you in the name of Jesus, and we're going to be looking at God's Word. There's no other word better in the world to look at for help, for comfort, instruction, for exhortation, for blessing, and we're going to be looking at a, one of the stories in the New Testament that's always a blessing whenever we pull it out and extract the good news. And I want to greet you in the name of Jesus because Jesus is our Savior. He is our Lord, and He is the head of the true church. And if you are a believer, you're a member of the true church. And we have been given instructions by Jesus as members of the true church. And when he was ministering on the earth, he gave us instructions by the example of his life. He was healing, teaching. He was kind. He was good. He lived holy. He taught us the love of the Father. And he exhibited all of the signs that the Father would be doing in uh, the Old Covenant uh, with Israel. Everything that God did for Israel, Jesus was living out when he was here on earth. So he set the example for us as the true church of how to live. And when we think about Jesus being our Savior, we don't want to limit it to just the word save. Or Savior. We want to open that up and realize that save and Savior has a lot of meaning to it. He is our Savior. He is our Deliverer, our Lord. He is our Redeemer, Avenger. He is our healing. He brings us to complete wholeness. He is our Victor. So it is in that name that we come this morning with the teaching of the Scriptures and we say holy unto the Lord, and he wants us to be holy as well. So let's dive in, and we thank you, Jesus, for being present with us this morning as we look at your word, and we expect blessings to come forward. Thank you. In the name of Jesus, amen. You know, Rick, as he introduced me, he was talking about words of comfort, and Again, the scripture is the place to go for words of comfort. And the story that I want to pull out this morning comes from the book of Acts. And when we open up the book of Acts, we see Jesus is still on the earth, but he is about to be taken into heaven. And he leaves instructions for those who are with him. 
And he says, wait here in Jerusalem. Wait, because the Holy Spirit is coming. And he had been teaching about the Holy Spirit before he left earth. He taught his disciples by giving them descriptions of the Holy Spirit. He is going to be your helper, your teacher, your comforter. He is actually going to be another me. He will be helping you. He will be the power source that you need for daily living. And this would have resonated with them because the instructions they had were to go and preach the kingdom, to uh, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, cast out devils, and to cleanse the lepers. So they were going to need the Holy Spirit for this help. So when Jesus is about to leave earth and he's telling them to Hey, Jonathan, I'm sorry to stop, and I may need to start over. I was hearing all of your voices in the background, and I didn't know if it, if, if it was coming across on the microphone. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's okay. That's okay. Um, okay, so you can you can edit where I, you can I can just start where I was. Okay. All right. Okay. No. 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 No worries. No worries. Okay. Thank you. All right. Um, when Jesus described the Holy Spirit and that he would be their helper, this would have resonated with the disciples because Jesus had given them instructions to preach the kingdom of heaven, to teach, to cleanse the lepers, to heal the sick, to cast out devils and to raise the dead. And Jesus was telling them, you're going to need the Holy Spirit for these assignments. And the reason they were going to need the Holy Spirit is because they're living in a fallen world. And when Jesus was walking on the earth, he met with people who were in such dire need. And I want to address this for just a moment because when we think about where Jesus was, he was living in the land of Israel. He was ministering among the Jewish people and they were far away from the covenant that God had cut with them beginning with Abraham. He began giving them wonderful promises through Abraham and then bringing it through Moses. He promised them a land, health, wholeness. He promised that their wombs would be fertile, that there would never be sickness among them, that their kneading bowl would always be filled with enough grain to make bread. They were to be the head and not the tail. They were to be the leader among nations. They were to be the one who would loan to other nations but not have a need to receive from others. And when Jesus was living, we conclude that they were far off from that because they looked very much like the world. And in actuality, they were under domain of the Romans. So 
Jesus was ministering among a captive people that should not have been captive. But as he was getting ready to depart and after having left them this wonderful example and instructions on how to live their life, he told them to prepare for the Holy Spirit. Well, they did just that. The disciples and many more waited on the Holy Spirit. And at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came, and we can read about this in Acts chapter 2. And then Acts chapter 3 opens up, and this is the story that we're going to look at this morning. Peter, James, and John were going up to the temple around 3 o'clock. It was the time of prayer. And they encountered a lame man, and the lame man had been there since birth. And he had been taken there daily to beg alms. And I want to open up and put us into context of the setting. When Peter and John were about to go into the temple, Peter looked at the lame man and fixing his eyes upon him, he began to give them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I do not possess silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, walk. And seizing him by the right hand, he raised him up, and immediately his feet and his ankles were strengthened. And with a leap, he stood upright and began to walk. And he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him, and they saw him walking and praising God, and they were taking note of him as being one who used to sit at the beautiful gate of the temple to beg alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Ladies and gentlemen, I submit to you, they had the right response. (laughs) They had the right response. They were filled with awe and wonder because a miracle had taken place. And my question to all of us this morning is, where are the miracles? Where are the miracles? That's right. And where is the rejoicing of the church? And I have another question. When have we personally just taken a moment or an hour or even a day to thank God that he has given us as the true church of Jesus Christ the Holy Spirit, to do the assignments that God has for us. In fact, I'll take it a step further. Do you realize there's an assignment on your life? (laughs) Do you realize that you have been given an assignment by your commander-in-chief, Jesus Christ, to preach, to teach, to heal the sick, to cast out demons, to cleanse the lepers, and to raise the dead? And do you realize that you've been told to go? And you may not ever go across the ocean, but wherever you go, this was the implication of Jesus' words. As you go, Matthew 28, wherever you go, you are to teach and baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. In other words, our lives are to be a demonstration of holiness and purity that draws others unto Jesus, and then as his disciples, we lead them into a baptism that allows them to be washed clean with the water of the word, immersed into water, and then raised to walk in newness of life so that we can accomplish 
and we can teach others how to accomplish the assignments given to us by God. And I submit to you, ladies and gentlemen, if we start living out of this mandate, the world is going to look very different. If, if oh, really? I, I don't know how many are within the sound of my voice this morning, but if we had 12 like Jesus had, if we had 12 people who would commit today to get into the word and to take it literally and begin to live out of this, the world would look different in a month. The world would look very different in a year. And our legacy would be very different from the way things are going right now. In fact, our world right now is upside down. And we as the true church have the responsibility to set it back up and to teach the good news of Jesus Christ and to waylay fears and to say, comfort ye my people, (laughs) because we have a Savior And his name is Jesus Christ, who is our healer and deliverer. So when we look at the story this morning and the encounter that Peter and John had with this lame man, there's a few things going on. First of all, this man had been lame for a very long time. And this shows us how far off they were from the covenant because their God had promised that there would be no sickness and illness among them if they were obedient to his commands. So the fact that he had been ill for so long was a tragedy. But Peter and John had gotten hold of the truth of who Jesus is and that he was living out of what God had commanded Israel way back in Exodus and in Deuteronomy to be the head and not the tail and to take the obedience all the way into their lifestyle. And instead of giving the man alms, which is what he thought he needed, the man didn't even realize what he needed. He thought he needed money. Yeah. And Peter and John, they fixed their eyes on them. And I love, that's one of my favorite lines in this scripture is they fixed their eyes on this lame man. Mm. Amen. And they didn't take their eyes off. And they began to talk with that man. And they said, silver and gold, we don't have. But what we do have, we give to you in the name. And when they said in the name, they meant because I'm in the family of God. In the name of Jesus, I command you to get up and walk. And remember, they're staring. They're in a lock stare with this man. And then they take their stare and they put it into action because a hand was reached out. Peter reached out his hand and he began to pull the man up. And this is another responsibility and privilege that we have as the church, not just to preach it, but to help them. And so when the hand was reached out, the lame man put his hand into the hand that was helping him, and he got up and began to walk. And I submit to you, the reason he got up and walked is because he believed what Peter and John had said to him was true. In the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. And this caused quite a stir, which is a good thing. Miracles should cause a stir. Mm. It should wake us up. It should excite us. And as we were saying a while ago, the church, 
the people around him had the right response. They were filled with awe and wonder. But that wasn't the only response around the people, was it? And in fact, what we find out when we go further into the chapter and on into chapter four is we see that the religious people got upset. And that's usually the way it is. The people who truly pursue a relationship with Jesus, they get excited. The ones who are hungry for him, the ones who want the living bread, the ones who have tasted the good wine and they're never going back to the old stuff. The ones who are hungry for the bread of life, they're the ones who get excited. But the ones who want it the old way, the ones who want to feast off of the traditions of man and depend on a paycheck, they're the ones that get upset. And they begin to come at Peter and John, and they were they were critical. They put them in jail. They did what captors do they try to contain the word of god they try to contain the miracles and this story is so beautiful because we see first of all the word of god can't be contained and miracles can't be contained and even when you're in a jail cell if god chooses to use an earthquake to release you he can certainly do that and will and we have stories going on around the world how god is doing miraculous things in countries to release the captives and they're being held captive by men who think they can contain the word of God and stop it. The church, I encourage you today to rise up into your true calling, which is to preach the word in season and out of season, to be faithful to who you are as a believer, not to be fearful Not to want things the old way, but to want things the way Jesus did things. And this is what we see Peter and John doing. And this excited the people around them so much that it led into Peter giving a little sermon. And I want to direct us as we begin to draw to a close of what Peter encouraged the people around him to do. If you'll come with me. And we're in Acts chapter 3, and I'm now reading, I'm now reading uh, from verse 11. While the lame man had been clinging to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them at the so-called portico of Solomon, full of amazement. But when Peter saw that, he replied to the people, men of Israel, why are you surprised at this? Or why do you gaze at us as if by our own power or piety we had made him walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers. And I love that he directed them back to the old covenant. In other words, he's saying, people, this has been your heritage ever since God formed you as a nation. The one whom you delivered and disowned in the presence of Pilate when he decided to release him. It is on the basis, verse 16, it is on the basis of his name, the name of Jesus, which has strengthened this man standing in front of you, whom you see and know. And the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect health in the presence of you all. And now, brethren, I know you acted in ignorance, just as your rulers did. And on the 
But now, brethren, I know you acted in ignorance, just as your rulers did, but the things which God announced beforehand by the mouth of all the prophets, that as Christ should suffer, and it has been fulfilled. Therefore, and here is the encouragement and exhortation for us today, repent and return. And notice he uses the word repent, and this is essential, because if you and I are going to leave the old way of thinking, where miracles don't exist, where the word of God is not preached with fire, where the Holy Spirit is not given dominion and a welcome, if we're not willing to repent from that, then the rest of this statement will not apply to us. So let's look at what the promise is, but realize that it starts with repentance. Repent from the old way and return. Return. In other words, return to the good news that God has been giving his people all along. Oh, Israel, if you will obey my word. This has been the clarion call throughout uh, the, the entire Old Testament. And this is what Jesus was telling them. And now here we have Peter telling them the same thing. Repent and return so that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, that he may send Jesus, the Christ appointed for you, whom heaven must receive until the period of restoration of all things, which Jesus spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from ancient time. And I want to fast forward now, if you'll come down with me to verse 25. It is you, O church, who are the sons of the prophets and of all the covenant which God made with your fathers, saying to Abraham, in your seed, the families of the earth, all the families of the earth will be blessed. For you first, God raised up and sent him to bless you by turning every one of you from your wicked ways. Oh, Hear the word of the Lord this morning. It's good. We have an opportunity to repent of our wicked ways. Are you fearful today? Are you more fearful than you are full of faith? Are you running from every medical report you're hearing? Are you sensing that you don't need to press into the things of God because of fear? We have a mandate from the scriptures to preach and teach and whatever that looks like for you, whether it means going out or whether it means doing it on a Zoom call, it matters not. Our lives are to be open books, sharing the gospel wherever we go. First, by knowing the Lord and and having him know us. By repenting and turning from our wicked ways. By confessing that Jesus is our Lord. By having faith in his name. Belief is the beginning. But then we're to move on into living it out and making it a lifestyle. And then being filled, baptized with the Holy Spirit for ministry. And I encourage you today. If you know people around you who are lame, and I'm pretty sure we all know people around us who are lame. Whether they're laying at the beautiful gate and asking for alms or not, they're paralyzed, they're stuck, 
They can't get up and walk. They're living in fear. And church, you have good news. You have the cure. Yes. You have the good news. Yes, amen. You look them in the eye and yes. tell them, I don't have alms, but what I do have, I give to you. And I'm telling yes. you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up get and up. walk. Yes. And repent and turn from your wicked ways so that times of refreshment can come. I love that. How about you? Oh, yes. do, you do you need a time of refreshment? Oh, hallelujah. We need a time of we need a time of refreshment. We need we need times of refreshment. So come, Lord Jesus, Father, fill us this morning with an overwhelming peace that comes from your presence. Oh, Father, awaken us to the fact that you have offered us every good thing. And Father, we ask our hearts. We ask that our hearts be purged by the power of the blood of Jesus of every wicked thing. And you turn. And I want to encourage you, church, that this is a willful act on our part. He's helped us do this. So what we need to do is do what he tells us to do and turn. So make this a willful act on your part to turn from your wicked ways and be willing to receive the times of refreshing. And as he comes upon us, we will not want the ways of men. We will not want the tradi- traditional ways that are that are dead and dying. We're going to want the ways of life. So thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. for coming and giving us these times of refreshment. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you so much, Cindy Fain. We bless you this morning in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit of God. Thank you. We'd like for you to come back and share with us one more time. You are part of our ministry, and I talked to uh, to uh, Steve Brambolo, and and uh, he is high on you and what you're going to accomplish and bring people to Christ in the next year, 2021. Amen. Thank you, Rick. Thank you, Rick. All glory to God. Thank you. Oh, God's mercy so amazes me To every generation He gives the joy of His salvation Oh, God's mercy so amazes me As I watch 